That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So I just got back from seeing a neurosurgeon. <laughs> just mm. just name dropping. Yummy. Uh, can't wait to get that bill. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You're just like, you got to I got a husband up one. They have good jobs. It's <laughs> there's <laughs> a brain surgeon, which is the job that you can like. That's like the job you compare everything to. Truly. Well, it's not the brain. It's not a brain surgeon. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, well, thank God I don't need surgery on my brain or my neck. That's why I was there. Um, years, let's say 30 years of having, you know, fallen on my head as an athlete, a cheerleader, a gymnast, then crushing my neck and my spine even further as a lifelong server mm -hmm. and then turning into someone who abuses alcohol and maybe fell down a case of stairs. Um <laughs> And maybe also had a little accident where I injured my neck. Uh, I, I had to get an MRI because I'm having wild, wild neck pain. Uh, but it turns out I'm okay, you guys. Turns out I'm okay. Just need some physical therapy and a, ne a neck compression, a decompress. You can get them on Amazon. It's like a hammock, a sling <laughs> for, for your, your neck. neck. <laughs> and like a, it's like a banana hammock, but for your neck. I am. Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to, to brag or anything, but I you do kind of like you have to lay down and you can attach it to like I forget how you do it, but it's it it's really weird looking where like oh you like suspend your neck. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's and great. It is a little hammock. You should put on a little tiki music, get yourself a little drink with a little umbrella in it. And, you know, just uh, think about the waves lapping you into uh, rehabilitation, bro. All right, you guys. Well, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin, reporting in without... Uh, Without having a shitty neck, it turns out. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, I have a shitty neck. I did this past week, and then I, th I think it was just a combination of all the standing and cooking, and then I <laughs> ate dairy and sugar, and I, I just, I like, I like, held my body in different ways <laughs> that I hadn't in a while, and it, and it, and it took its toll. Um, Fuck, man. Yeah. But, but but it ended up being like a pretty pleasant, like lovely little weird pandemic Thanksgiving. You know? I, I was totally more than happy with mine. This whole situation has just been weird and I'm rolling with the punches where I can. I mean, I think the thing we've realized is the things you think would make you cry don't. And then in the middle of the week, next week, you're doing like a curbside pickup and you're just like, I'm losing my shit and I don't know why. <laughs> like it's it's very hard to predict when the tears will come. I think you just have to roll with it. You just have to roll with the breakdowns and the meltdowns. Don't push them down. Don't suppress. Yep. Let them out. Speak your truth. These are the things I'm trying to practice. It has <laughs> not been easy. And I do just want to give kudos to all of our listeners that I think something we touched on more or less posting on Instagram last week is servers. Service industry is literally no stranger to missing out on holidays and not seeing their family. It just comes yeah. in the territory. So yeah. we are, we're soldiers. We, you know, we've done it. We are, here's the thing. I mean, I don't think we should be, 
you know, considered essential workers in this way that we are being considered essential. But when the shit really goes down, if they want some tough, scrappy, basically just could survive, you know, whatever frontline shit we have to go through. Servers are your people, man. We're all violent, you know. Um <laughs> We know how to use a lot of tools. We know how to psychologically break the enemy down. You know, we're resourceful. I like it. And also like so many restaurants across the country pulled together. And I know we talked about already to like make you beautiful Thanksgiving dinners. And thank you to everybody who made them and people who got out there and supported small businesses, small restaurants in order to have a beautiful little Thanksgiving this year. Moving on and real quick, I, I don't think last week, just because there was so much to already talk about, but hey, congrats on 100 episodes under our belt. Oh my God, Brooke, congratulations to you on 100 episodes under our belt. That's right. You texted me and you're like, hey, it's been 100. Like this is a 100th episode and it blew my mind a little bit. Um Triple digis, girl. That's a lot. I we've shown up every week. It's it's really even before the pandemic, it just was so helpful and wonderful. And you know, for not being able to get certain jobs I was going after, the what what's the best way to put it? Like the fact that I made this my job. And that I put all the effort I would put into a paid situation, probably even more because it's our baby, oh, you know, more, more. I think we're more. so used to being artists who don't get paid that put our heart and soul into our <laughs> projects. So it makes it makes tons of sense to me. But it's been <laughs> awesome. It's just been such a constant. My brain automatically like around Monday shifts into like, we better discuss the topic and then get it, you know, getting our guests booked. And then by Wednesday, we know we're usually recording. And it's just a little schedule that I feel in my muscle memory. Yeah. And now we're adding even more to that with our Patreon. Yes. So you guys, first off, merch it's coming we're gonna post um some t-shirt sizes we're also getting some uh some really cool uh like some thick cardstock posters made that could be very frameable for you and we're gonna see if we can sneak in one more quick goodie before the holidays otherwise we'll see how this does and if you guys like it we'll take some suggestions and make some more stuff in 2021 um Join the Patreon. Andrea and I did a live streaming 35-minute episode last week. No edits, just us. It's video. I yeah, thought we could see our faces. Like you can see what we look like when we're talking about the suffering uh, <laughs> of the service industry. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it is funny when it's just us right now. I'm kind of doing lazy podcaster face, but when we oh totally yeah, my but, hair my hair is askew. Oh yeah, but when we knew the camera was on, I was a little more animated and acted like I'm usually a barrel of fun. But <laughs> we both know the truth. <laughs> we both know you're laying down right now. I'm laying down. Uh, but want to thank the newest Patreon members who get these extra episodes and other bonuses that we'll keep rolling out. But special shout out to Kristen Marie Fechtel. Yeah, Dudley Irwin, thank you so much for joining. All right, Amanda, I'm going to say Godosik or Gajosik. You know, I'm really giving it like a nice little Hungarian spin on there or something. <laughs> but that's our old time buddy, Midwest Nice Makes. So we see you, girl. Thanks for joining. Uh, um, Christina Swanson, thank oh, you so much. Old buddy from Brooklyn. That's her, Christina. Anyways, Heather awesome. Shaw. Heather Shaw, thank you. And Nicole Kenna, thank you everybody for joining. Um, there are different tiers. You guys can check them out. You know, you'll always get the extra live bonus stream, no matter what level you are on. We have merch coming your way, uh, even more like chances to hang out with us, like have a ship drink. So much fun stuff that we're we're brewing in our brains, Brooke, to bring to our Patreon members. And I really enjoyed people doing their year end wrap out with Spotify, you know, showing that we were a top listen for you or that you binge like 19 episodes in a day. You're crazy. And I love it. Uh, but I mean, my name's right next to Mark Marin's name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're right up there. We're basically the second most popular podcast ever. <laughs> I'll take number two. You I, know, I don't need to. Yeah, we're like number B. We're like number 2000. But that's OK. We're doing good. There are a lot of podcasts out there. So it is something. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's dive into some headlines. First headline of the day, Brooke, uh, uh, from Eater. We love you. Just dropped. This is there's some rage involved in this headline. So a new report from One Fair Wage, who we also love, outlines the unsafe and unfair treatment of tipped service workers during the pandemic as it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And unfortunately, as expected, the current state of affairs is bleak as hell. The survey of 1,675 tipped service workers in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Washington, D.C. reveals that workers are worried for their health and safety as restaurants refuse to follow COVID-19 guidelines and customers ignore protocols. Mask protocols, specifically. (sighs) Okay, so some of the most appalling revelations of the survey are regarding sexual harassment. What's that you say? Mm. About 250 workers reported a massive uptick in sexual comments from customers, a substantial portion of which were requests from, from male customers that female service workers remove their mask so that they could judge their looks and implicitly determine their tips on that basis. Hey, no. Andrea, I don't know if you just heard that. Um, it, I screamed so loud it actually broke glass and it was one of those high-pitched screams that only dogs in the neighborhood can hear. <laughs> this has, like, I I just, yeah. the, the insult to all the injury. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a pandemic. Is, Could you not, right. like, like, could you not be a creep? Could you not? So, like, one fair wage says, you know, and, and we have talked about this already, as as our listeners have come in to tell us that tips overall have declined through the pandemic, and you know, making the dynamic between the customer and the tip worker even more fraught, says Eater. So, nearly sixty five percent of workers report customers docking tips, um, especially if they're asked to follow public health protocol, right? Which I don't know if you know, but the servers didn't create right it's the government and local municipality your server isn't doing this to you personally Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no so then it's like oh cool so not only like are you gonna like threaten like my physical safety or my life so then over a quarter of those surveys said they witnessed a sexual harassment rise from comments uh and like straight up harassment from customers and then 43 percent of women surveyed reported they experienced this themselves like, so a male customer says, take, could you like, could you just want to just take off your mask and I like, can see how much I want to tip you. And if, blah, 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 blah. just the shit we've heard over and over again, that just is like proving the thankless, tiring, brutal, emotionally fucking draining work. We as people in the service industry have to put up with all the time. But now we're just like fucking faceless drones that like get you a Coke refill. Like because our face is covered, you feel like it's totally okay to treat us like this. Well, that's an interesting part of why the psychology behind also why tipping is going down is they're acting like you're an Amazon drone. They're, yeah. you, that you have been further de- dehumanized where when they don't sexually harass you, they're like, there's that thing that's fetching me things. I can't even see their mouth move. They don't need money. And then on the flip side of it is take that mask off so I can picture my dick just slapping all over your face. And if you don't like it, you don't get a tip, honey. Um, Do you remember the story I told you when I was like 19 and I got like... uh there was trade shows that would come into come into Omaha and I would get like hired out to dress up as a character. So when I was, I mean, I think I was 19 years old and 19. uh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was 19 and I got hired to do the auto show in Omaha and I was a crash test dummy. And I'm talking like I had big tits, like for a 19 year old, like I was full and I had to wear a crash test dummy, like bodysuit. It's a, it's a tight, like bodysuit and then a plastic helmet of a crash test dummy head, which is ridiculous. But the comments I heard men saying because they couldn't see my face, right. they just saw my tits was just fucking insane. And there is no difference from like me being dressed up as a crash test dummy and being sexually harassed than servers with masks. It's, it is the same gut. We, we, no one sees our face. They just see our body. They think that it's appropriate behavior because we've been dehumanized by these face coverings and this whole pandemic. I mean, at least that's a theory in my brain right now. You know, like... 
I think the takeaway is to just really hone your ability to convey hatred through your eyes um, because this is all we have right now. And I think it's worth taking a few method acting classes just so your <laughs> eyes show disdain, um, just completely disregarding them. Uh, like if you're able to communicate a message um, that I just let all the air out of the tires of your shitty Maserati, um, you know, just like you fucked with the wrong lady. Uh, I'm going to coin the term down smizing. <laughs> yes. Which we all know if we're, you know, Nora Tyra Banks, uh, smizing is when you smile with your eyes. Right. I'm going to call it down smizing. Uh, or, so you do or, not smile with your eyes. Or frowning with your eyes. Frizing. Right. Frizing. Also good. Uh, would you like some frizing with that burger? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me buy you a tall glass of haterade. I would absolutely more than ever be willing to poison customers' food at this day and age. Mm. At this point that we are at, if it's going to come down to that, you're getting some visine uh, slipped into <sighs> one of your entrees. You piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys are dealing with this, I am fucking sorry. So sorry. People are the worst, um, you know, and if it makes any incentive, like, you know, just FYI, like President Joe Biden is very much for one fair wage and is really pushing to a $15 federal minimum wage uh, for, after, uh, for after the future. Sworn in, you know, yeah. we'll get those that ball rolling. Uh, and we're very excited to hopefully do an episode with one fair wage. Meet our friend Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And uh, yeah, moving forward, big things, guys. They don't know what they don't know who they're messing with. Once there's a new president, yeah. And there's meanwhile, a just be like, this mask makes me so clumsy. I can't believe I spilled like four drinks on your head. What? Are, oh, oh my, my god! Bad. Whoopsies! Mm. It's your worst nightmare. All right, Andrea, should we move into some server submitted stories? Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, first story. Uh, this one says, if you need a name for this story, you can call me R Rock Lobster. <laughs> Rock. <laughs> Rock. Um, I'll, sing, I'll, say, I'll sing the whole song instead of telling the story. I'm, no, no, not really. Okay, here we go. In my early 20s, 10 plus years ago, I worked at a sports divey college bar. I got to work with some of my best friends. That's how we all got hired and generally had a great time. It was owned by a couple who were both bartenders, so there was no corporate bullshit to deal with. Most importantly, they had our backs when customers were wrong or just unruly or just assholes. So we didn't think twice when it came to push back. This is a beautiful um, utopian setup, first of all. I just want to say that. Okay. These great times were paused during something we called $2 Thursdays, where you guessed it, everything that wasn't top shelf or a Long Island was $2. Everything. On the regs, we had lines around the block, and the bar was always packed with local college kids from a nearby expensive university. No one really tipped wonderfully, but this was a high volume situation. So we just dealt with it and tried to have a good time. The owner stayed far away on Thursdays. So we ran the place as a young group of bartenders with our three bouncers. It works. No one died. And no, you cannot have six different mixed shots. We're too busy. <laughs> just one. You're all getting redhead sluts and you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Ahem. <laughs> Okay, we get to the end of this specific Thursday night and it's time for the lights to go on. The TouchTunes jukebox goes off and for everyone to pay their tabs. As usual, there's a mad rush to the horseshoe-shaped bar and the two of us bartenders try to close the tabs of our friends first uh, or whoever is the most polite. That's a nice thing to do. <laughs> and it's power also. We had one slow dial-up credit card machine, so it took a while and people got fussy. Whatever, bring cash or use the ATM if you don't want to wait. <laughs> yeah, preach this. <laughs> okay, okay. One particular did, bruh, <laughs> who had been harassing me all night and kept snapping at me, cool. as in 
snapping his fingers and reaching past other customers' heads to get my attention. I asked him to wait while I took other tabs. When I finally succumbed to his bitching and moaning, he said, Close out Smith, it's a blue whatever bit card. I go through all our tabs, credit cards clipped to index cards, a very sophisticated system, (laughs) and I don't see any Smith with a male name on it. I ask him again if he's sure what his card looks like. It's fucking Smith. Smith. (laughs) Did you lose my card? Look again. So I look again. I realize what's happening. It's definitely his mom's card. There's a Karen Smith blue whatever bank card. It's his tab. I turn around from the furthest part of the horseshoe. Oh, I yelled across the bar. Do you mean Karen Smith? Are you Karen? Or is Karen your mommy? Is mommy going to tip me well? Does she know you're here spending her money? Full disclosure, it wasn't Karen. That was her name. Uh, But to keep things anonymous, it had to be. (laughs) Karen, his friends gave him a hard time. I don't remember if anyone else laughed at him, but I like to think they did. I was very proud of myself and the owners later thought it was super funny. Karen Jr. tipped me zero dollars, but it was worth it. Mm -hmm. I miss that. (laughs) I miss that job and being able to yell at assholes from the protection of that little horseshoe bar. Godspeed and good tips. Rock Lobster, a.k.a. Adrian. Oh, I love this scenario. I love it when those are like, this is my this is my house. This is my house you're in. <laughs> it's like they they don't understand the golden rule. You're in their house. You know, mm-hmm. for any of those unindoctrinated, go back and listen to our early episodes about the bartender. Okay. There's rules of engagement. You're in their house. Okay. So Yeah, if you can behave and get on their good side, that's what you want to do. What the fuck, everybody? Like you <laughs> You want to be in like the good graces of all of us. It's, that way we, we all get to have a good time together. Right. Especially like, what are you doing? You're 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 bold, my friend. Snapping at the bartender for your tab and it's your mommy's credit card. You're going to yeah. get sclounced. Well, of course. I mean, that's like, of course, you know. And by the way, if everyone's uh, this is a key and piece Kim Peel sketch called uh, Preparing for Terry's. And there's this moment when Keegan Michael Key has this crazy line where he's like, I'm going to drax them sclounced. And it's just a term. For, it's so fucking funny. You have to watch it. But sclounced is a new uh, verb for like beating the shit out of somebody. You know, <laughs> you're, you're going to get sclounced. And go and watch that. Go and watch that sketch prepared for Terry's Key and Peel. You'll thank me later. Mommy's here now. Next story. The only good thing about being the bar manager at my Applebee's was the lack of scheduling effort needed on my part. Shauna. I love this opener. I fucking love this. It's like the best opening line ever to a story. Okay. 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 Shauna, the senior bartender, don't worry, names have been changed to protect the guilty, ran the bar like the mess hall in a women's correctional facility. (laughs) Everyone had their set shifts, set sections, and unless someone died or had a family member die, it never changed. I could talk about I could talk about anything with my bar staff, but if I brought up the schedule, they'd nod their head towards Shauna's direction and stare at the ground. She was the warden and damn good at her job, so I let the tradition stand. Okay. I mean, and he's the manager, but they're like, no, no, no. You don't. They're like, you don't know how this works. She's one of (laughs) us. Let her do it, you know? I stand. I stand for that. Okay. The reason that's important is because it made it easy to recognize the regulars that matched a particular bartender. It was my first week on the job, and I noticed one bartender in particular who always seemed to take the same cigarette break every time a very large trucker came in for a burger and a beer. When he was done, he'd leave cash and walk out, and Alicia would disappear for five to ten minutes immediately after. The other bartenders handled her tables the same way she would when they needed a break. So since she was a team player and no one questioned it, it still fell off to me, though, for some reason. We had a strict no-smoking policy and our own unofficial smoking policy we chose to enforce instead. I had a few complaints that Alicia was taking advantage of the policy more than usual. So when trucker dude left with Alicia right behind him, I gave it a few minutes, then went out back to the designated smoking area. 
To the surprise of no one, Alicia was not there. I took a quick walk through the parking lot and caught a glimpse of trucker dude sitting in his truck. He was thrashing around like an epileptic having a seizure. It was disturbing enough of a sight to warrant a genuine concern for his health. So I started walking at a quicker pace towards his truck. As I approached, it quickly became clear it wasn't a seizure, but the effects of an orgasm. And before I could turn around and leave, sure enough, Alicia's head popped into view and she locked eyes with me like a deer in headlights. (laughs) My brain finally told my legs to keep walking and headed back indoors. Alicia came back in, washed her hands and attempted to try and finish her shift. That's a really nice detail, though. Okay, Mm -hmm. a real a real high standard of of sanitary uh, quality. She cares about that. She does. She does care. It's good. Mm -hmm. I gave her a in my office right now head nod, made sure to leave the door open and brought Shauna in as well. Turn out Alicia had been taking money from the trucker every shift for a quick beige in the parking lot. Whoa. I fired her. Filled out the appropriate forms to fax to PR. This was the 2000s. A lot of faxing. <laughs> and waited for the most uncomfortable call with a rep who started blowing up my phone 10 minutes later. Ah, hope this kept you entertained all the way to the end. I'm out of spoons and weed, so time for me to call it a day. <laughs> Godspeed and good tips. If you live in North Carolina, Carolina, join NC Normal, which I think we've had this writer before. It means he likes for weed to be legalized. And now, uh, okay, thank you. This story was from C. Oh my God, that's um, yeah, hot tip. That's illegal. Yeah. Um, and I know we're all trying to make a few extra bucks right now, but in this quarantine, you got to keep yourself safe. Uh, from a pandemic even back in the 2000s (laughs) even back in the 2000s i'm just saying you know like like we're even maybe more hard pressed uh for creative ways to make money which that's going to be the topic of the day (laughs) but we're not we're not condoning blowing truckers for money uh (laughs) absolutely not blow a trucker because you like them you know that's 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 my uh, i mean we're also not shaming we're not this is a this is fickle just don't blow a trucker for money when you're on the clock at applebee's is what i'm just gonna say as as a manager i wouldn't have many rules but that would maybe be a top three that's all i'm saying you know yeah you don't do yeah. that. We don't have problems. You can keep your right. shift, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, thank you as always. We keep getting great server submitted stories coming our way. Some of them now end up on our Patreon. So if you're not hearing it here, there's a chance we are telling it over there behind a little paywall. And what we would like, okay, is anything for the holiday rush, holiday madness coming up, uh, any stories you've been sitting on that seem a little more holiday appropriate, anything you have, uh, we would love to hear it because we're going to get merrier and merrier as we get closer to <laughs> December and drunker 25th. and drunker. Uh, I'm yes. having like flashbacks of like insane holiday parties I've had to deal with. I'm just having like Christmas music playing for two months solid. There's so many terrible memories. Uh, surfacing in my brain. Oh my you guys God. are having those, like like we said. Please send them over. Ooh, it is nog season. I, I'm sure Kyle absolutely went and got a gallon. Shout out to Kyle, June Williams, and Kyle's creamy corner of delights. Um, <laughs> those are some old vintage episodes you should go back and listen to. Oh, now I want some nog and bourbon. Oh, I don't. I don't want that. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, but you guys send them to sideworkpod at gmail.com. We will get to them. All right, guys, diving into today's topic, uh, we really want to talk about like the pivot, right, Brooke? The pivot that has been pivoting and pivoting and pivoting since basically mid-March. Uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Even today, we pivoted. We had a different topic and life happens. And what do you do? You pivot. And yeah. now this topic is happening. It's great. Yeah. So with COVID running rampant, uh, you know, leading to the re-shutdown of original shutdowns and more shutdowns, then let's leading to like more fucking closures. Like everybody has to figure out what comes next. So this week we are looking into how employees from every part of the restaurant are evolving and pivoting their game to stay afloat during this absolute shit show. Yeah. And I, I think, oh God, you know, it, I think what we've seen, how, however you want to kind of 
see like the trajectory has been and it's been hard meanwhile we i mean like we want you to know um however we end up kind of discussing this and making some judgment calls we want you to know and it, it bears saying out loud that we understand and appreciate how much bending over backwards y'all have been doing yeah to keep your businesses the best they can everybody's so, trying to survive right and so i just think that just needs to be notated that like we fucking get you more than anybody there's just a lot there are just some people who even though they're part of our family and they are business owners you gotta wonder the fuck are they doing but anyways we'll get to that in a minute um <laughs> good lord i mean you know just in the beginning all the restaurants who just couldn't do anything other than take out or turn their restaurants into pantries. But that ended mm -hmm. up being a really beautiful thing Yeah, uh, where I chose to specifically order my groceries through them and then take out a couple prepped meals and, and vice versa. Then, totally, totally. Then, you know, suddenly you have patios open. Then other parts of the country were like, hey, we're back. You know, you can have like four tables indoors. Other parts of the country were like, fill it up. No masks. Fuck it. I mean, it's all been a mess. But I think what we want to talk about are the people who pivoted and are thriving and surviving and are mm -hmm. going to continue to make it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we in this industry are like, we roll with the punches and have to make last minute smart decisions, like forward thinking decisions that lead to everybody being successful. You know, it comes from a point, a place of like, how do I make my money? Where, how do I get there? But, you know, thinking outside the box. So I, I really think that like, as an industry, as a group, like we have to roll with the fucking punches. Um, and we're forced to think through chaos and like, what is this pandemic? If not one insane brutally long dinner rush in the weeds <laughs> right it's and and right with the like we're saying like the added threat of getting an illness that could really devastate your health or devastate the health of a loved one uh, you know and so it is just so sloppy and we know that the restaurants have been up and down you know open this much open that much shut down now you know for the time being fully here in los angeles it's reverted uh in la county back to carry out only and so here's an example that i think sparks a really interesting debate which i'm my mind can see both sides. I want you to understand, as you guys know, that Andrea and I are like pretty staunch, like stay home, stay safe, you know, yeah. or play by the rules. Yeah. But rest, so I think it's best to say restaurants, unfortunately, are being punched down the hardest and the easiest because we're not like churches where we get to be protected, you know. Um, right. Unless which, you're also happen to be a church that is a restaurant, which there's loopholes. There's loopholes. <laughs> I, I, I was telling Brooke, we need to start our own church so we can all hang out together. So we can have a, <laughs> so we can have a restaurant. So here's the deal. This is a story. And I also listened to the whole radio piece on it on NPR. But in Redondo Beach here in Southern California, there is this really famous roadside diner called Eat at Joe's. And it's just like a local favorite. It's a it's a um, breakfast and lunch spot. When they announced shutdowns again, he was like, yeah, fuck you. Not doing it. Patio still fully operating. It was slammed. I mean, granted, he spaces his tables apart. He's still doing what the old version of outdoor dining compliance was. So that hasn't changed. But he's basically saying, I will take it up to the point of you revoking my my business you know, mm -hmm. license, my ability to own and operate. So <sighs> this guy's named Alex Jordan. He's kind of gone pretty viral with this. And because he's he's pissed, he's like, I can't do this again to my staff. Mm -hmm. That part of it, 100%, I think it's well-intentioned. But like anyone else, sometimes with owners and whatever, uh, he's also really tough, uh, like really pissed off at our governor. Right. It does feel like he's probably a little bit of a political bozo making a stand who's right. using, to me, it felt a little bit like, I'm just going to pretend I'm protecting my employees. And this is where we'll get to the point of pivoting, okay? Right. With a little thought, 
And I'm not saying this has been easy, but with a little thought, you can still keep your employees on and come up with a situation where they are maybe bringing food out to cars, doing sort of any jobs in the restaurant where they're either still making a wage, getting really nice tips from all the locals, but he just full on refused to do it. And I get it. They're, people are fatigued. They're fucking sick of, of their livelihood being jacked with. And he's, you know, he's very quick to say that his employees are like family, but he's yeah. just full on like not I mean, he's down. stable in the community and he's just like, fuck you, I'm not doing it. I mean, like, I do think that there's... There's something commendable about taking a stance in this crazy time, but it's also just like to to what end, you know, to what like numbers are growing every day like this. I, I understand it is fucked up. And what it really comes down to is there's there's no new stimulus. There's no backup plan for his employees to have. Right. So what money we, coming what in. we have is a situation where it's just citizens fighting each other. That's where they've left us is to just right. say, nope, you can't do it. And nope, we're not going to help you. Um, you know, good luck out there. So. Right. And Jordan even like put up a, a sign over his sign that said they've renamed it the French Laundry. <laughs> the French Laundry. Just as a big middle finger to Gavin Newsom, who was caught, not, I wouldn't say caught, but it was reported that he was eating with 12 unmasked people at the French Laundry. Indoors in wine country right. after right. preaching all right. Like, and I get that, you know, politicians. It's not. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. I'd be super mad. Okay, so then we have to jump over this, though. And the whole point is, like, had we not just collectively, all of us, kind of done the right thing forever ago in a unified way, we'd be well past this. And this isn't you being picked on specifically as a restaurant. It does suck. But the problem is it's the only activity pretty much in all of the USA where there's any sort of unmasking that is allowed and it's just proven to be a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. You can't be unmasked anywhere else. Yeah, and it's, it's just the truth. That's what eating at a restaurant is. And it's, it's, yeah, you're right. I it's mean, an unmasked journey. <laughs> it's one big mouth open sort of experience. You know, it is. It's true. It's eating. It's drinking. It's talking. It's laughing. It's just like it is. It's like flapping your gums. The entire time you're there. Slurping, if you're not sucking, eating, you're drinking, you're talking. Yeah, burping, for sure. belching, laughing, you know, just droplet inducing. It, it is a droplet fest. And I love and I miss when things go back to just normal, regular old germy, gross restaurant droplets. Like, I cannot wait. But it, it, <sighs> We, the restaurant industry has not been taken care of the correct way from day one. Please do mm. not forget that you are fucked that's what you need to be most mad about well let's go a little deeper yes. if, okay. if 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 we if we, if we should uh to people like not even coming out and saying like fuck you i'm not closing we're talking about covid speakeasies <laughs> like the new speakeasy that is a very real thing and of course it's happening of course of course i've heard rumors through some like people I know and I was just like well yeah but I just had never like no one had actually ever been like have you heard of this place have you heard of this place this is the place like it's a real like Molly's game like poker situation which by the way I watched for the first time last week and I loved it it's so good you're like oh Sorkin oh I didn't know it was Sorkin Uh, (laughs) a lot of fast talking we were like was that script 1000 pages right (laughs) Probably, uh, but um, but there's no Toby McGuire at these speakeasies for sure. <laughs> but like you basically you're getting like a, a code texted to you. You get a password and the address like the night of and then you can go and hang out at a regular inside bar that nobody knows is happening. Now, that's a pivot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It's, a, it's a pivot. Which, again, um, you know, let's just say no one's sending me a text because they know I'm a little Pearl yeah. clutching up oh, I haven't Nancy gotten over any here. texts. Yeah. Is, am I old and uncool or does everyone know that I respect rules? Everybody thinks I'm a narc. <laughs> I know. I am. And I am. I am. I would be like, I, I would. This is an instance when I would Karen the fuck out. I'm sorry. I don't who's know. In, who's in charge of this industrial loft? Excuse me. You. <laughs> With the I mullet mean, and the. I've heard about like New York and this is New York's not doing very well. New York is like, it's not like, this is who, I mean, it's happening here. Yes. But I feel like New York is like 
extra breaking the rules. I don't Ex- Well, so these underground parties, even before New York's numbers really kind of hit that, um, what was it, like 1.5% or something that they had to have their numbers that low, this was going on as soon as the spring, like warehouses in Bushwick and, you know, the border of Williamsburg. One of the clubs, um, the, the founder called it, he named it the Ilmore. Mm, oh, God. Good one. And yeah, this made headlines throwing secret indoor ragers. And of course, you've got your whole slew of, you know, counterculture youth, one of which I was when I lived in New York City at that age. So it's a pretty volatile mix of, I hate to say it, um, the trifecta of COVID awfulness, which is early 20-somethings who only care about themselves and Mm -hmm. usually carry the virus but are asymptomatic. I'm sorry, but your sort of slice of life demo right now in this pandemic, you suck. Um, Yeah, COVID is definitely the new party monster. it, (laughs) It really, really is. And so there are... Basically, you know, I mean, and people were looking this stuff up and they're like, yeah, there's a full on bar uh, where they're making money and good for you. But there's definitely no license. No one's wearing a mask. There is no social distancing and everyone's sharing drinks and joints and edibles and sweating and dancing and yelling. And it's just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I mean, and this is, you know. Obviously, people are only in this to make money. So you, obviously, your staff is like full in. Like they're taking the risk yes. to be able to, to make money. Promoters, if they're clubs, 100%. Like, is there a cover if it's just a secret bar? Is there a cover you have to pay to like get in? I'm so curious. And like, honestly, Brooke, all this talk about speakeasies has got me a little horny. I'm not going to lie. A little, I'm a little, I'm a little horny for this, for this, like not, not good behavior. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I want to be a part of it. And then like make out with some, like a stranger. I'm very, I'm very turned on by all this. I'm not going to do it though. I'm just fantasizing about it. Well, okay. You're so right. I mean, like, younger Brooke was still a hypochondriac. Um, So the pandemic is just a real, you know, for me, dries up the vagina, you know, if I'm... (laughs) It really does. Like, because... It's real cooch desert down there, you know? Real, uh, yeah, Death Valley (laughs) happening in my my pants right now. It's it's arid. It's arid. (laughs) It's an arid cave. (laughs) But... If it were just a normal, like, hey, I got a text and an exclusive invite situation, of course I'm horny for, like, an in-the-know sort of get-together. But when it's just so you can break the rules during a pandemic, like, I'm a rule follower, baby. And this does make me mad. Like, the only, the flip side of the coin is that I know the way people live young people in in New York City. They're probably with their weird group of roommates who all live in the same loft. None of them have jobs anyways. They're they're like thousands of miles from their family cuz like that's how I lived. There was no one I was directly going to hurt with my shitty actions, especially if I decided in other scenarios to comply and be masked because that's what is required, but to go to this place where you're like, we're all throwing caution to the wind and it's just us. We can be maskless and whatever. I I hate it. But the flip side is, you know, they're living in a weird big loft, not going anywhere other than that. So ironically, uh, the big fuck parties that are getting busted in New York don't make me horny at all. There's like big, there's big swinger parties that are like happening during COVID that are like, way getting busted and i'm like this is talk about an arid cave i'm not going to a covid fuck party are you <laughs> kidding me <laughs> i don't care how i don't care if it's my first invite i don't care if jerry's gonna be there brian i don't want to go to the fuck party i told you brian wants brian really wants to go to a fuck he party wants to go to no party. he doesn't i don't know Maybe, you know, so that's like to me, that is like, 
a real um, a risk takers version of a pivot, uh, you know, because we know that we've we've talked ad nauseum about prohibition or, you know, any time that something's taken away that people, you know, booze and partiers always find a way, et cetera, et cetera. This is just different because you're like, it's a pandemic, you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, so here's here's a great version of. A pivot I love. This is a great little pop-up that's happening here in Los Angeles, and it's taking place in the Echo Park neighborhood. But it's um, three friends who are all chefs decided to just start a mailing list, start an Instagram account for their business, but it's called Little Fish Echo Park. They let you know in advance what they're going to go down to the dock that day, literally catch fish wise. It's so amazing. They go to the farmer's market to get the best vegetables they can. They come home, they spend all day prepping and there's only going to be so many. You have to fill up, you know, you have to get a reservation to pick up your food because it's only so many portions, so on and so forth. They sell it or no, you do it online and basically they serve it to you in your, in your um, slotted sort of uh, pickup um, sorry, your designated pickup times, and they mm-hmm. serve it through the kitchen window of their house. So they've, oh, they're, fine. yeah, they're doing this in their house, and it is just this gorgeous little like, ugh, like fish and chips, but a really great wild caught piece of fish, beautiful like radicchio or something amazing grilled. Um, they'll do Rex another horny. side. I'm I'm horny right now. <laughs> See, this is making me horny. And then because you cannot, you know, sell alcohol without a license, the $25 a person cover charge, they also throw in some canned beers. You're not. I love it. And you go and you sit spaced apart from other people. It's not a restaurant. You can just take it home or go sit wherever. And you've got this like restaurant made amazing fucking meal. And people are flipping their shit trying to get on the list, um, you know, for the fish fry. That's great. I mean, this is this is a movement that's happening, uh, you know, not not just with chefs, but just with like regular people who have taken to, you know, making food in their backyards, in their kitchens, in food trucks and are pivoting um, to selling food to make ends meet during the coronavirus shutdown. So, you know, and Instagram is amazing right now because it's really pushing a lot of these people out there who are just like, did you hear that there's this lady who fucking makes like the best tamales in the world and then everybody talks about it and the next thing you know, she can pay her fucking rent. Like these are things that we as the people are honing together like and it's of course tons of industry people like helping to support but like around food and and family and community and like it's it makes me really happy, Brooke. It makes me really happy too. And and just also servers and small business owners looking out for each other. Uh, we had someone who joined our Patreon. His name's Bromlin Fitzgerald. He owns um, Bees Knees Coffee. So he's doing something called a Venmo challenge. And every week he's asking for as little as a dollar to make someone's shift a little bit better. So basically the Venmo challenge, it just helps hardworking service people to get a little extra cash in their pockets while, you know, the everyday customers continue to be sort of shitty tippers who say, like, take off your mask or you don't get any money. (laughs) And you could, you know, try and inspire something fun like that in your community if you're still open or doing takeout and to just put it out there to be like, hey, can you give a little extra? It would go a long way um, and to help support and put each other on blast and make a little money to line your pockets. Yeah. And, you know, and, and on top of that, like, you know, even going back to talking about all these fun pop ups, like at the same time and, and community and like growing, um, there's another really great uh, place called Cafe Wednesday. They're a little pop-up. They do like curated dinners that are like high vibration. Brooke, you'd fucking die. Like they did a whole full moon menu. Um, they make beautiful, like they go to the farmer's markets. They make these like super lovely, like curated meals. And again, they have like a bartender that comes in and makes cocktails. And it's, I, I believe they're pay what you can. So like oh, right. any, and, and they deliver to you. So like no matter where you are financially right now, like you can get a good meal, like they will deliver it, you know, and a lot of um, what we're seeing in L.A. even in prior to um, COVID is pop ups get investors and become restaurants. You know what I mean? So like having an idea and honing it 
and pivoting into this, like maybe this like passionate thing you've always wanted to do could really grow and expand you. And then when people are allowed to be out in the world again, who knows, you could open a whole fucking restaurant. Well, you know, these are all, this is very possible. And the, the way I would put it is, you know, and I know what we seem to be talking about, we're like, oh, you know, we're not like covering the idea of us servers. Like some of these people have been servers who are like, I love to cook and are just like, there are kind of no rules right now. And it's a great way to get on the ground in a very weird time, learn how to, you know, hone your craft for a very small crowd, grow it. You already know all the other ins and outs of a kitchen, you know? So if you've had an inkling to cook or do something that you're really good at, whether you're a drink slinger, you make great desserts, and you can't get shifts right now waiting tables, you should get together with your other service industry smarties and see what you can whip together. Because like we said, if it did grow into a business, you're going to go into this business at a time when unfortunately other restaurants aren't going to make it. We're going to need the new thing to do. And you might be that person who understands now firsthand how to operate amidst a pandemic. So um, we'll close out the episode. My, my like really seriously, an old, old buddy and his girlfriend, they are out of work bartenders. <laughs> They're exactly this scenario of the episode. They were like, here we go. We are going to provide a service, which is a delivery, a packaged experience, which is people are in the market right now. They just said since the pandemic has limited the ability to have service like we're used to. We are now like booming in terms of the goods category. So they provide, it's called the Sneaky Spirit Social Club, and they are putting together packages to ship happiness in the form of booze to your house this holiday season. So let's talk to them. All right, guys, uh, we are back and I've invited my buddies, Zach Eichenhorn and Liz Norman to the podcast. They are the creators and the purveyors of their brand new experience that can easily be sent to your home. Um, but it is called the Sneaky Spirits Social Club. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having hello. us. You got it. So Andrea and I were riffing. I mean, we've been riffing about this probably since March, all the ways the service industry has had to just pivot and just mm -hmm. keep pivoting and pivoting. So you guys, essentially, the way we set it up, you're out of work bartenders. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Although Liz is still working a little bit. <laughs> I've still been working in whatever capacity. Um, but yeah, it's nothing like it normally is in, in the service industry. So. Oh, right, right. So and you're in Brooklyn. And where are you able to put in time there right now? So I'm at a little Italian restaurant in North Greenpoint, um, which we've been doing like takeout at first. Um, and now we're doing like, you know, some indoor dining. We built these weird little greenhouses in the backyard that people can get in. I don't know. It's like everybody's trying to find a workaround. So. Absolutely. Uh, you know, for the record, everything here in L.A. has just been shut down. Uh, yeah, once again. it's all shut yeah. down. <laughs> so yeah. you guys you guys definitely have it a little bit better, but. I mean, if you want to talk to the level of the frustrations you've dealt with, with it being like shut down all the way, then open just a little bit. And then, you know, so if you don't mind speaking to that experience briefly. Sure. I think that honestly, any frustration that you usually have in the service industry is just multiplied by like a hundred now. Um, I had like a woman, a woman the other day that was complaining that her fish was taking a little bit too long. And I truly just looked her in the face. I was like, let me just explain what's going on. We have exactly two people in the kitchen where we normally have four. We have one and a half people basically who are working on the floor. So I understand that you have a problem, but if you want this restaurant to continue to stay open, we have to have a small staff. So I'm also rooting for your fish. <laughs> and that's it. Like, so anytime, Boom. like, like people, it's like you want them to understand yeah. the bigger picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good girl. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. You can do that in New York. That's allowed. And I miss it. It is kind of nice. So yeah. what led you guys to create this, this business, this experience? So we were actually doing this out of our home. We were kind of doing sneaky speakeasies in our home and inviting like friends and clients to teach them about how to cocktail and imbibe before the pandemic. Before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. We were doing this like in February right. and um, it was great. We were like, in, you know, nice intimate setting in our home and um, setting up a, a, a would be bar and showing people how to like make drinks and, you know, 
make fools of themselves for shaking and stirring the f- for, for the first time. And like, you know, it's awkward. Your mechanics aren't down, you know, obviously, but, um, and once- I'll be honest, it was also helpful because we were kind of teaching people how to act in bars, yeah, like how true. to treat bartenders, <laughs> I how love to order this. a drink, like in a very gentle way to say like, Hey, now we can have a one-on-one instead of you just snapping your fingers. Or just putting like being- a $20 bill on the bar. It's not going to get me to you any faster. <laughs> like I see your money. I want your money. Just you're going to have to wait. So yeah, yeah so we're we trying created- to teach people etiquette. Yeah, and we created a little controlled environment. I love this so. idea, you guys, so much. Like, that it was already happening, and you're like, cool, we're just cool bartenders, and we're trying to get you on our level. Like, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I bet it was so fun to, like, see people uptight about, can I do this? Can I do that? I'm sure you got people who were so obnoxious by the end of the night in your homes, like, shaking and drinking and being like, I can do this forever uh, yeah. now. Like, yeah, now go seven deep somewhere, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. and it's funny because there's there's crossover in the episode, like just earlier in this episode that we were we have an issue with, you know, someone wrote in about a customer snapping at them and that doesn't fly. No, no, it, does it not doesn't work. fly. It sure doesn't. So. So, OK, great. You guys were doing this. Then I feel like I saw you guys in the first phase of quarantine when it was fun for everybody and we thought it was this goofy little snow day that was going to last two weeks or a month and you guys started popping up more on on my feed and I was like, well, that looks delightful. Uh, You know, and then cut to nine months um, into this shit. So did you start to see the beginnings of a business model? Yeah, so... Honestly, uh, I'll give you the the real reason that we started doing this was because I injured myself lifting kegs. So I sustained a double hernia in January, right? Perks of the job. Lifting kegs. And I was working at a Czech beer hall and we had no bar back and we'd be, it's a 250 seat house. And some nights we're, you know, doing keg intake inventory and one person has to go load 30 kegs. So Long story short, I sustained a double hernia. I was out of work since January 5th. Was due to have hernia surgery, double hernia surgery on March 21st. And on March 12th, we shut down here, right? So I had to go another um, five, six months and I didn't get hernia surgery until August. Meantime, Liz was like, what are you going to do with yourself? So I started making these tinctures. Liz was, you know, we live together. She's working. She sees me sitting on the couch. I'm barely able to walk. So I started making these tinctures um, by just macerating different, you know, herbs, uh, produce, spices, whatever. Um, And so we started making these sneaky tinctures that we would just add to our cocktails as like a flavoring agent. And um, so I started making these and then we started doing the sneaky speakeasies. And then once COVID hit, uh, we pivoted to all like we're like, let's do some virtual classes because Mm -hmm. we're doing them already in our home. (laughs) And so then we kind of pivoted to doing them virtually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Uh, like a no brainer for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, it became just, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and we had to do something. And uh, we started employing these tinctures in our cocktail classes. And then we were like, well, what, you know, what should we do? Like, how do we get more engagement out of people? And uh, a corporate, like one of Liz's regulars, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. One of my regulars called one day again, like this was probably like a month into quarantine. Um, She was like, hey, like, I really love your cocktails, blah, blah, blah. Um, My company is looking for like a way to do something like a virtual happy hour. Do you have any idea of anybody who's doing that? And I was like, we were just talking about this. So I was like, yeah, yeah, actually, that's what we do. So then we kind of scrambled to figure out exactly how we did it. And I mean, at this point, we have like all of our like logistical process pretty much figured out. And, um, you know, obviously we have a set. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all just kind of evolved organically, but it's definitely been a little bit of like right place, right time and like willing to jump in and, and yeah. make it happen. That first client, they were like, can you give us a, a virtual happy hour for 25 people? And we're like, uh, yeah, sure. So we had to figure out how to get them all there. You know, we had to first craft like three cocktails, mm-hmm. uh, three recipes, and then figure out how to get them all the ingredients. 
And so we came up with this, you know, like we partnered with local liquor stores, um, which we were going to anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we figured out a way to get these people all the ingredients in these boxes and ship them nationwide. And then maybe they pick up the booze or maybe, you know. So um, we figured out a way to wow. to get them all the ingredients so that they can join us on a Zoom call. And it was like the first one was like 25 people. And it was from like a venture capital firm. Or like So obviously people that we you know, hang out with all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. how it started. You guys, this is so kick ass. I am so happy to be talking to you. Like I have goosebumps, <laughs> yeah. like thinking just like from you guys telling me your story. I'm so happy this worked out. And Zach, was it is it hard to shake a shaker with a double hernia? I'm just curious. Um, like not anymore. Is it hard it, like, to get it up? <laughs> more more like the um Honestly, I couldn't shower for the first two months, but like evacuating is now like the the troublesome spot. You know, oh. like it's <laughs> it's okay. Everything's good now. Everything's good. Shaking is fine. Good. I'm glad. S- stirring glad is easier. I'm glad. <laughs> good. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah, you don't want to bruise the gin and then bruise your body at the same time. Yeah, you know? no, like- I, I'm okay. I'm okay now. I. I was so afraid you were going to say like, and then COVID hit and I still haven't gotten it fixed. <laughs> yeah, no. Are there any <laughs> doctors like, out there? I still, my, insta- <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the intestines are put back in guys. They're not poking out anymore. They're back. Yeah. Back but what a great, uh, you know, like I want to, um, I want to send my family like sneaky spirits boxes and I want us all to make like the same cocktail for Christmas and drink it on Christmas day. Like that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. To that's what we're and all about. And if there's the way we can, you know, so because right now in time for the holidays, this is why I was like, oh, we should talk to you so we could help spread the word too. Um, you're you're you'll you'll ship anywhere, right? Yep. We'll ship anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have like a couple different packages basically where we can send you everything, our full sneaky experiences, like we send you everything soup to nuts. It's the the booze to the garnishes, right? Even the barware. Mm-hmm. Um, the curiously sneaky Fun. is with, with without the booze. And then the slightly sneaky is like, take a picture of your bar cart and then we'll just dream tell up something and tell you how to like utilize what's in your fridge and on your bar cart there. That's so fun. Yeah. It's super fun. I and know. it's like a I'm, great I'm gift really, I'm like, I have some really amazing rhubarb amaro I brought in. I got in Italy. Amazing. I want you guys to like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Ooh. See, I know. I feel so guilty this whole pandemic. I've been like, looks like it's going to be tequila soda again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, but I want, that's what I was thinking. But I was like, I really want tinctures to put in my tequila soda. It's like well, so a whole new, that's whole how, new level. Yeah, yeah. That's how it started. Like we were just doing tinctures and like. Well, I think the funny thing to note is that <clears throat> one of the things about the tinctures, I was in Chicago with my sister at a crowded bar, like fancy kind of rooftop thing. And we finally get the bartender's attention. She orders a spicy margarita. And I ordered like, you know, I don't know, I think like bourbon on the rocks or something like that. Some and classy. She, she looked at me and she says, I just always order a spicy margarita no matter what. And I was like, Lindsay, look at the eyes of the bartender right now. He's panicking because he doesn't have jalapeno. He now needs to go to the chef and ask him for something spicy. He doesn't know how spicy it's going to be. He has to muddle it into, you know, into a, a cocktail shaker. He has no control over what's happening. All because he thought that was a good idea. I was like, where does the spicy come from? She said, I, I don't know. So with I was like, well, we have these tinctures that makes it super easy for like a bartender not to panic and like a really easy way to even with a tequila soda. It's like, yeah, let's add some hibiscus to that. Let's make it low calorie um, and and still enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Our joke Absolutely. is, you know, for your quarantine body, you'll be happy to know that there's no added sugar in this. So oh, yeah, we gotta keep that quar bar. No, we've we've all uh, we've all developed dad bods, even though we're female. It's uh... Uh, so collectively, like the two of you together. How many years experience do you have behind the bar? Would you uh, say fifteen, sixteen? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for ten. I think I've been doing it for three. Okay, so thirteen. Yeah, nice. that's great. I love it. I mean, we're just just the restaurant industry in general, you know, yeah. like back and forth. I mean, yeah. I think we all know that the skills that we develop in this business uh, can take us anywhere. And you guys have started a whole 
business. I just, I see great things with this business for you guys. I'm so excited. You know, what's wild though, too, is that like, we used to come home, like after we do like a full, like 40 hours behind the bar, we come home and we just just, like bitch about customers (laughs) and just, you know, fucking light. Like just what story do you got tonight? What, what do you got tonight? We called it servers anonymous servers anonymous. (laughs) And yeah, we would sit around like campfire style and be like, what, what did you go through? And it was like, it was like, my name is Zach. I'm a bartender. (laughs) I went through this tonight, you know? Um, so yeah, so we would, we like have a support group, but like I stopped working and now like Liz comes home still with these stories, even though she's only working like a couple days a week. And I'm like, uh huh, honey. Yeah, that sucks. Um, oh, uh, like, like you know, Bob and Sue Wasco. They're I not coming them. in. I miss them. <laughs> like you have your regulars that you like always just talk shit about. Yeah, She's like, what you do? Marinate some hibiscus and some alcohol today? That's it. Yeah. Like, okay, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. Like so. Yeah. That's. It's, <laughs> we used to come home and have these bitch fests, and now like it's just, just a one sided. Like, oh, I'm awful. Yeah. I'm yeah, but like, you. But I understand that's, it. That's so yeah, I sit through it. <laughs> yeah that's the thing about side work podcast is like even though brooke and i are veterans like we understand every single thing every server goes through because it's just it's that world it's so relatable at any given time yeah mm-hmm. um well you guys we're stoked we i think we're gonna run a little contest and gift uh, a sneaky spirit social club um box to a listener Absolutely. i want to send gifts to my folks and so on and so forth so i hope that our listeners either a if they're out of work bartenders take take some inspiration from you and maybe do this locally or if that's not their jam they just want to order straight from you guys and get your business rocking and rolling cool thanks yeah i'm 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 ready for a cocktail i'm ready for a cocktail and they're gonna walk (laughs) us they're gonna walk us through one and you can follow along if you join our patreon on 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 i don't (laughs) brian doesn't have to do it okay well you guys uh we'll have to have you back on the pod really soon it would be a joy to hear about your servers anonymous in further detail yeah thank you guys so much cool thanks guys Zach and Liz, we will be posting up on our Instagram, um, but everyone definitely check out Sneaky Spirit Social Club. They're so cute and we have to support these small ideas right now. It's it's brilliant. You know, I feel great considering we had a whole other two part show planned that we had to put on pause. Which will still happen. But, you know, yeah, if you guys are pivoting, if you're trying to fucking make it work and you have stories about it, let us know how you're doing. Like, have you had to shift to something else entirely, but still in the same vein? Like, we want to hear about it. And you guys just send them our way again at sideworkpod at gmail.com. Please listen to all the other last podcasts on the network shows. We love you guys. We love them. And that's about wraps it up. Check out the Patreon. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, And we will be seeing you next week with some, like I said, decidedly more merry content. (laughs) Well, guys, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Godspeed! And good tips!